Welcome, folks. It is Tim Robinson here, your host for the Video Game Fury podcast. It is Tuesday, June 12, 2018. I am here, as always, to give you all the latest in industry news, game talk, playthroughs, and the continuing adventures of me working and studying in the game dev craft. We are continuing our E3 2018 coverage of the press conferences. We had a doozy of shows going on yesterday, three of them to be exact, Square Enix, Ubisoft, and Sony. And we're going to kick things off today, and this will be pretty relatively quick because Square Enix, oh my, where do I start? We, we kind of hope that this was something going to be pretty big because Square Enix hasn't done a press conference since 2015, and the big thing they had about then, uh, which made sense at the time, was to talk about Final Fantasy 15, and we suspected because of the fact that Kingdom Hearts 3 was taking a while to develop, and it finally got a release date in January of next year, that we were going to get a blowout of that amongst a lot of the other offerings we knew, and possibly you may not have known, that would be coming across all platforms. That said, though, they chose a Nintendo Direct-style presentation. It was very short, probably a little over half an hour. And I won't say that it was a disaster, per se, but it it definitely really made me question why Square Enix needed to have a press conference or even a Direct-style presentation in the first place. Because the content they showed didn't really need to justify that. They could have spread that out very easily, either through the press conferences, particularly around Microsoft and Sony, or just during the show floor. I mean, you know, we still got the conference, the, the, the event technically hasn't even started. Well, it will in a few hours, but it technically goes from Tuesday to Thursday, and the press conferences is more just plugging what's coming up. I will say this, though. I mean, the, the two highlights for me, for sure, in, in this conference, uh, the first thing they showed was Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I'm already sold on the game. I love the first Tomb Raiders and the rebooted franchise. I think this next one is going to be great. And even the fact that it's now Idols Montreal doing it and not Crystal Dynamics is is pretty telling. They, they showed a little bit of gameplay of Lara Croft in the jungle continuing to do what she does best. Stealth tactics, hiding in bushes, setting gas cans on fire, the, the typical fun stuff. It's not changing the mold or anything there. They did talk a little bit briefly about rope mechanics and repelling off walls or something. I mean, really, stuff that we've already kind of seen in Uncharted 4. So it's not like they're reinventing the wheel too much. But I guess for a franchise like Tomb Raider that hasn't done it, I guess that's saying something. Presentation-wise, I mean, it looks to be a gorgeous game. Uh, the set pieces look great. It's going to be very cinematic. Is what I expected from these rebooted Tomb Raider games. And I, you know, September 14th can't come soon enough for me. It's, it's definitely one of the highlights of my fall of 2018 that I'm looking forward to. So you can at least say Square has nailed that part for me. And, and already, I mean, they already sold me from the beginning on this game. Uh, this was just the icing on the cake. The other one I'd say I'm definitely excited for is Octopath Traveler. I think this one gets is going under the radar. Uh, and it's probably going to be talked more in Nintendo's event today. But it's a game coming out in July. It's got that Final Fantasy VI kind of vibe with the, the animation and style of game. It's, it looks like to be traditional turn-based role-playing, but in the element of eight different characters, each having different skill sets, uh, going through the same towns and having different interactions with the characters and the NPCs you work with. I'm very intrigued by it. it it's definitely something that 
a system like the Switch needs to really diversify the lineup. And it's coming out next month, too. I, I, I definitely want to pick this one up, too, uh, for something on the go. Beyond that, though, I mean, there, there were a couple of nice... There was a couple of nice ones. I mean, Just Cause 4, uh, I never really played much of the Just Cause franchise, but I know it's got that ridiculous kind of action and, and sandbox elements that do what you want, destroy what you want in the game. I'm sure there's a lot of fans who appreciate that, and I'm not hating on them. It's just not the style of game I'm into. And this is where things kind of really fell off the cliff for me. I think for one thing, Kingdom Hearts 3 is one example. The, the trailer they showed was basically the same one from Microsoft's conference. There was maybe an additional 10-15 seconds of footage of the Frozen world that the characters are in, but other than that, it was the exact same trailer from Microsoft's show. So, I, I would think I would think of Square as coming back to showcase this, knowing that this is a game that's been in development for a very long time, it's coming out in January, and you really want to get people sold on that you'd have more than that. Uh, we'll talk about that a little more at Sony's conference, actually, but I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like Square kind of dropped the ball on that one. The thing I think they really, really dropped the ball on was two games that we don't know much of or what's going on with them. The first one is the Final Fantasy VII remake. Now I'll give these, I'll give Square and Team a little bit of a slack, oh, just a little bit, because the rumors that I heard through some some of the websites was that the game had been progressing well since it was revealed at E3 2015, and it got to a point that development was not going too well. They had they were actually outsourcing some of those developments and the assets. They actually decided that they were going to be done doing that, just scrap a lot of things and, and put, start it from scratch, and take the development in-house into Square Studios. So if they're doing that, then that means this game is going to be way far down the road than we think. I mean, I would, I would even question at this point if it's even going to make this generation of consoles at the rate they're going. I mean, originally they were talking about making this an episodic remake where each game is like 20-hour, 20-30 hour experience. Which is pretty bold, if you ask me. But again, it's probably not too much different than the Lightning Saga they did with uh, Final Fantasy XIII. So we didn't get anything from that. Not, not an update, not a, dev, not a dev update or anything there. Not a logo or a tease or anything. Uh, it's very, very strange, to, to considering how pumped people were to see this showcase at Sony's conference in 2015. And now it's basically almost non-existent. The bigger, the bigger sin to me is the lack of Avengers title. As people may know, Crystal, as we detailed earlier, Eidos Montreal is the one taking over the Shadow of the Tomb Raider game, not Crystal Dynamics, because Crystal Dynamics got handed the keys to the Avengers franchise from Marvel and Disney to develop potentially what we're hearing is maybe a reboot of the Ultimate Alliance franchise, that kind of isometric action RPG game. And we heard nothing. You know, this was we other than a brief teaser we got maybe almost two years ago. We have yet to see anything from this game, and I, I wasn't even expecting a gameplay demo. I was just like, give me something about the story. Like, what where are we going in terms of the kind of Avengers game we're trying to do? They've talked kind of talked about a civil war type of game where everyone's broken up and they're reassembling the Avengers, but that's as much detail as we have on this game. And Square decided to show nothing, and then basically after that, that was it. Half hour in, the show was over. The stream went dead, and I'm like, "That's it." Uh, 
So I'm very, I'm pretty disappointed in that effort for a publisher who wanted to showcase a conference and hasn't been doing it for the last three years to really give that kind of menial output and really just put both emphasis on games that we already know and we're pretty much sold on. Just really disappointing in my eyes. Uh, I don't know how you feel, but you know this was definitely one of the conferences I was definitely looking forward to between Tomb Raider and potentially Avengers and Final Fantasy VII, but uh, two out of three didn't make it, and unfortunately it just didn't pan out for me. Next up in the schedule was Ubisoft in their traditional 4 o'clock Eastern time slot. All I got to say about Ubisoft is just just keep on being weird, man. Just, just keep on being weird. I say that because they, they really do kind of break the mold of traditional press conferences where EA tends to be more stoic and focused and professional. Bethesda tends to be more the rebellious, edgy type of publisher. Ubisoft is just straight up weird. And you, you saw that in the beginning of the show with their Just Dance 2019 intro. We, we knew they were going to do something like this. We didn't know when exactly they were going to have some kind of like concert or maybe a celebrity come in and plug the game with the, the, the latest songs and dance craze. And instead they chose to go with the Dancing Panda and his marching band. So you got that, you got that to be looking forward to. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be it there. I mean... It's it's good to see. I mean, yeah. I mean, as much as we would love to see nothing but games, 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 games. I actually do appreciate Ubisoft going against the mold and just you know going with the flow, being goofy in their presentation, just making sure everyone has a good time. I'm not against that at all. And I think the you know Just Dance. I mean, again, it's a franchise I used to play back in the day, but not so much now. I know it's continues to be a hot seller for them. And of course, naturally, they were going to have a 2019 version to reveal uh in this way in this way though i was not expecting so you have that you have that to look forward to for all you just dance fans out there the game that i though highly anticipated wanted to see you know revealed that we knew it was going to happen ever since the the leak went out about the keychain and then the very short five second trailer where they said we'll see you at e3 we're talking about assassin's creed odyssey I love this. I love what they're showing here because one, uh, Greek mythology is my jam, and I think we were waiting for a long time to see Greece really displayed in the Assassin's Creed game, and they didn't disappoint here. You were sent to Greece, 431 BC. The big surprise, though, and this, the big surprise is you getting to choose between a male or female Spartan. The male one in this case is Alexios, the female is Cassandra, and the demo they show focused a lot on Cassandra. The The real good thing here is that and we're seeing the evolution of what happened in Assassin's Creed Origins is the evolution of the, the witcherness, if you will, of the game. Now, I, I, I said again, and I'll say again as I mentioned in the E3 prediction show, that I'm still waiting to get into Origins. I just had so many games to play, and, and God of War continues to be a slow burn for me. You know, this, the, the, the consensus I heard about Origins was that it had a lot more RPG elements. The fighting mechanics was very Witcher-style. And from the looks of Odyssey here, as they showed in the pretty lengthy 15-minute demo, it, it feels like the, the Witcherness of it is complete. It looks like a very pure action role-playing game and in this time they actually showcased having branching dialogue this time you do get to choose your own dialogue choices which is a first for the assassin's creed franchise 
skill trees are all part of the game too. You can uh, threaten people. You can be nice to people. They say say you can even flirt and create romance with some of the NPCs. So very a very good mix of Witcher and Mass Effect in terms of uh, what they're going for here, which is kind of ironic to think about how Ubisoft is becoming more like Bioware and Bioware seems to be becoming more like Ubisoft in terms of story elements. But that said, I mean, the presentation of the game just looked stunning. I mean, the ancient Greece never looked better than this here. And then they, they had a, a, pl a play at the end here where there was a big battle going on at the beach and you were fighting this big brood with a spear. And just the the fighting and the strategy behind it and the, the brutality of the gameplay of the gameplay, excuse me. Just wasn't really starting to look like. And naval combat is back, guys. The black flagginess of the of uh, this game is in full effect where you get to pilot the Greek ships and, and go on naval battles there. Truly one of the best elements of the, the Black Flag friend, uh, game from many years back. That we'll also talk about briefly in Skull and Bones as well. You know, this is this is exactly what I was hoping for in an Assassin's Creed game here. Uh, it's definitely pushing me to get on Origin soon because the game's going to be coming out October fourth, fifth. Trying to remember, it's one of those two days, but it's coming out very soon, early October, just before uh, those big games like Call of Duty, Battlefield, and Red Dead Redemption Two come out. So they, they picked a good place to be, and I am thrilled and happy. I cannot wait to get my hands on this. And you play as a freaking Spartan, and you could be a female Spartan too. I mean, well, what can get better than that? I'm so pumped for this game, and I hope you are too. Beyond that, we had some other pretty cool surprises at the show. Uh, the Starlink Battle for Atlas was announced too. Well, actually, it was announced last year. It's the Toys for Life game. Uh, where you get to build your ship and, and go on a space opera adventure. The real big surprise that people did not see coming and I think is going to really put this game on the map is they show a teaser of Fox McCloud and his R-Wing being a part of the game as well. And they've announced that this game is coming to Switch and that version of the game is going to be exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. So I imagine with that, this is really going to boost the game up and really boost the switch numbers uh if they if they didn't need any reason alone to continue their dominance this is one way to actually get it done here uh with other games like super smash brothers and pokemon coming out later this year too uh they're really cooking it here as well uh mr miyamoto shigeru miyamoto was there too to help uh plug the game even got his own little custom R-Wing from the Starlink game presented to him by uh, Yves Guillaume. I think I always, I always think I'm mispronouncing that name, but it's the CEO of Ubisoft doing that. Uh, it's just great to see this kind of collaboration. I mean, Ubisoft and Nintendo feel like they uh, really trust each other. Nintendo definitely more so with Ubisoft. The fact that they trusted them with the Mario Rabbids game, and it, it was a really good game last year, and they even introduced some more content this year with the introduction of the Donkey Kong uh, DLC. So the, the support for there continues to go through. I just loved seeing it there. And, and definitely I'm sure Nintendo appreciates it for the issues of third-party support they have. Ubisoft tends to be that one publisher that kind of sticks with them to the very end. So kudos to these guys. I really hope it works out for them, especially for the Starlink game. The other big thing that they showed to, to kick off the show was the Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer. And it was a very brief glimpse, another kind of cinematic trailer. 
to showcase the game. But it was, I mean, I, I kind of looked at that video and said, man, I want an animated series out of this. I want, you know, just as much as I want to see Overwatch get its own animated show, I definitely would love to see this. Especially, admittedly, I never played the first one, so I can't speak to the lore or the effectiveness of the game or a lot of the uh, stories it was trying to tell uh, to some current issues today. But this one looked pretty pretty dope there. Just uh, the, the character models, the, the expressions, and uh, the... And uh, and, uh, and the way things were presented in space, I mean, everything just really clicked here. And uh, for for those who uh, were wondering what was up with Jade, who was the main character in the first game, she made her shocking appearance at the end of that trailer, not looking as nice and innocent as she was in the first game. So very flashy. The the interesting thing they're going about this here is that they're going they're working with this uh, group of hit record, which is led up by uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, and they they seem to be trying to make this a crowdsourcing type of game where you know they want everyone they want the community to help build the assets and help create the game on the fly for them which really if I'm I think it's cool I think it's cool that they're letting some folks uh, in the in the fan community help prepare for a game like this but it kind of does tell me that this game is way far off than we think I, I just I don't think this is a game that will come out next year more 2020 probably towards the end of PS4 and Xbox One life cycle is when maybe we'll expect this game. Maybe it'll be a launch title for PS5 or Xbox Two as well. Uh, the way that cinematic trailer looked, it would not surprise me if that was the case. But it's still getting good buzz uh, for a game that hasn't shown any gameplay yet and, and seems as far along as it did. I think we're, we're going to see some pretty good stuff here and uh, the buzz is definitely hot for this game. There are other cool elements too. Of course we saw Division 2 get into the action here they made the announcement that there's going to be eight person raids well similar to a lot of kind of like destiny all of their dlc content's going to be free for the life cycle of the game it's uh it, it, they continue to kind of deep deep dive into the story of what happened in washington dc and why it fell to the terrorists so a lot of cool stuff about that they showed and you know they also the, they did some skull and bone presentation there the kind of black flag focus only of uh, a piratey uh, i kind of attribute i kind of call it just uh sea of thieves without the cartoon effects and potentially more good content here i think uh ubisoft being the being really good at sandbox open world games i think they'll make sure that this game has the right amount of content to play around with they definitely have the dev studio bandwidth to make that happen for sure uh shadow bone though is not making its way out until 2019 so it's a little bit far off as well i would imagine next year will that game will be a lot more focused and we'll probably get a release date during that time that is pretty much the gist of it here i think it was a really powerful show uh, i think you know compared to previous entries in the years past where they seem to be more focused on the comedy and having uh, a host like a uh, joe McHale or an aisha taylor uh, run the show with them they really put the emphasis on the devs there could have been a little bit less talking heads and antics uh, you know i expected it with just dance but then you know expect it further with this trials game that's going to be coming out next year but they're, they're definitely getting really better there and i think you know they got a lot to be pumped about i mean I, I said this in the prediction show too that with them fighting off the hostile takeover from vivendi and just continuing to provide great support they continue to announce more support for games like rainbow six siege and for honor 
and uh, Mario Rabbids, as I mentioned earlier. They're all they're firing on all cylinders right now, and they're, they're the publisher of the beat, which is a great, which is a surreal change to see when we thought like five years ago that this company was starting to become a joke, and they've they've turned that around in my in my eyes at least. Definitely excited for Ubisoft's offering, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I want that now. That's all. That's all I gotta say. Uh, great job, Ubisoft. Is all I gotta say. I, I definitely give them a good A effort for what they were able to accomplish. And finally, for Monday night, we got probably what I would, I had was the most anticipated conference of the Holy Three conference experience, which was Sony PlayStation. They have rocked the house the last two to three years with just really nailing the press conference formula down, just showing game after game after game. Maybe get late enough to talk a couple things, but other than that. It was really just about the games and what what was being showcased. Uh, Sony made sure wanted to make sure everyone knew that the emphasis this year was on four big first party games of theirs, being Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider Man, and Death Stranding, with some other things a little sprinkled in between. So there's a lot of great anticipation for this, uh, with you know especially with the last couple of first party offerings that have really excelled for Sony between. Horizon Zero Dawn, and then just recently God of War. So the fever pitch was high, and we were hoping to see a lot more of that sameness that uh, Sony was good for. You know, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Which is why it was very questionable, from at least a, a conference presentation standpoint, why they chose to do what they did for at least the very first 20 minutes. I started checking out my Twitter feed and looking at some of the gaming press personalities that were in attendance. They were putting up pictures and, and videos of them in like a church environment. It was kind of like a barn with lights string on the top of the ceiling there. Everyone had seats in the front, but otherwise most of the folks in the back were standing room only. And then Sean Layden made his appearance saying thank you everyone for coming and that they were going to try something different this year to really kind of showcase the creators of the game and really the storytelling behind it. Which I'm all down for, but until they started really getting into it here, you know, they had a, a, a guy whose name was being Gustavo something come out playing a banjo, and we already, you kind of knew from the, the vibe of the, the, mu the music playing that the first game they were to show was Last of Us Part Two from Naughty Dog. It's, it was just, it was, it was going okay, like, it just looked really weird after seeing all these other press conferences to see it play in this kind of barn slash church environment and then they went into the gameplay uh, or at least not the game well they showed the gameplay uh, but there was some cinematic in the beginning here and then last of us 2 was starting to get rolling there uh, they put a lot of emphasis on ellie and i thought this was i mean naughty dog cannot do any wrong i mean when it comes to the tech and the presentation of their games i mean it is just visually stunning what these guys are able to do um Showcase. They really were trying to showcase Ellie, who seems to be the, going to be the main character of this game, as opposed to Joel in the first game. And we really don't know much about what happened to him in between these two games. He he really hasn't had a much of a focus, except for a couple of lines in the in the reveal trailer back at PSX a couple of years ago. But they tried to show two sides of Ellie: the tenderness of her there in a barn, and there's like a like a like a square dancing something going on. And uh, they, they obviously also tried to emphasize the fact that she is a lesbian, uh, that she and she's you know dancing with a female partner there, 
it really showed kind of the tenderness and compassion that she has for people, especially this girl that she's dancing with. Uh, from there, though, it segues into a very dark, brutal sequence that, you know, again, I mean, we, we know this is Last of Us, we know what to expect, but my God, the brutality of the shooting, the arrows, the knives uh, going into people's throats or chests or arms or whatever. Oh, man, it's just so visceral and brutal to watch, especially coming from Ellie in this case, who definitely is all grown up at this point. You see her going into some camp of humans where they're torturing some person hanging and uh, she goes about shooting people with arrows, like sticking knives into people's necks. I mean, it was... It was, again, visually stunning, but man, is that brutal again. I, I definitely saving this for a night experience when the people in my house are going to bed. But it's definitely, once again, I mean, it's, it's a Last of Us game. It's a Naughty Dog game. We know where we're kind of getting in terms of uh, the presentation. Gameplay-wise, it didn't show too much different. Uh, you got to manage your resources. You got to craft. Uh, you got to make sure you're not getting into a big firefight because they will over, they'll overpower you pretty quickly. But it, I mean, I, you cannot doubt the cinematic storytelling that these guys, Neil Druckmann and the Naughty Dog team, were able to do. Uh, right out the bat, this game just set the tone really well for the first party offering Sony has. It's just from there where things got really, really weird. The games, the demo stopped. They circled back to uh, the barn area where the press was, and then they switched to some talking heads. Uh, outside the studio, uh, talking about uh, that game and other and other little announcements that were coming. They showed some brief clips of Call of Duty Black Ops 4 and the next Destiny 2 expansion. Uh, Layden was there to talk about some of the things as well. What we learned during that time was that they actually were moving the audience there from that room to the actual conference room. Now, originally, many people thought that each room was going to have a different theme for the four games they were to talk about. I think one of the fears I had was like, hey, are they really serious when they say they're only going to focus on those four games and that's it i mean definitely having to move that large audience from room to room will definitely take time and this was like this is an easy 15 20 minutes intermission that they were doing that i think really killed the flow of the momentum they had i mean that last of us trailer really hit it home there and uh, we were hoping hey let's go in right away let's get death stranding going let's get ghost of Tsushima going it wasn't that way we had to wait so everyone else got settled into the real conference room before this can continue. So that was a very bold choice. I mean, I'm I'm all for experimenting different ways to present at conferences, but this felt like it just didn't gel well. Fortunately for them, as they started back up, they had a guy playing a pipe in like a traditional, I guess I don't know if it's Chinese or Japanese attire. Clearly he goes to Tsushima was next in the offerings to show and the guys from Sucker Punch are the ones making it, the guys behind the infamous games and once again, holy crap. You you guys need to see this trailer. I mean the the visuals, the 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 landscape of the land, the trees, every little detail is accounted for here in this game and it's just such a stunning thing to watch here. Uh, you, they they try to showcase a little bit of the sword gameplay as you uh, take out some thugs or uh, do some kind of stealth mechanics like Batman hiding up in the rafters and jumping down and, and doing like a multi-combo kill and then the last part was them like you it looks like you're fighting one of your friends who's betraying you 
kind of like in that samurai showdowns you always see in the movies with the sun in the background and the Mongols about to uh, invade and take you out. Uh, just the way the whole thing was presented, I was like, man, this is... I, I knew Sucker Punch was good, but I didn't know this good. <laughs> but they, they, they did absolutely agree with this. I almost thought to myself, man, is this really coming out in 2019? That's what they said. And I, I almost wanted to tell myself, is this... Is this a PS5 game? I mean, there's no way it could look that good. I mean, they only got the PS4 Pro to enhance this there, and I don't think they would take the route of making this like a PC version and then dumb it down for PS4. You know, they already got, you know, the guys at Gorilla got in trouble for that with Killzone 2 way back when, when they uh, had a pre-rendered visual trailer that ended up not being looking like that when it released. It just... You just you can't even put into words how beautiful this game looks. And I mean, the power of the PS4, if this indeed is PS4, is in full effect here. Uh, you just you need to go see it for yourself. It is, it's definitely a highlight for me. I would say even maybe a little bit more of a highlight than Last of Us Two, only because it's fun. It's something different from the Sucker Punch guys. So definitely go check that out. Spider-Man also got some good showcase in the very end of the show. I, I was using that because I want to talk a little about Death Stranding. That seemed weird to me later. Spider-Man is a known quantity here. We know it's coming out in September. We know the Insomniac guys have been working on this one for a while. They And they just really need to nail home one more time why this game was going to be the big game for Sony this fall. And they delivered again. It was a... Huge prison break sequence at the at the raft. You chasing Electro. You seeing these other villains like Rhino and Scorpion coming down. Mister Negative was there too, who was showcased last year's E3. Um, this the the free swinging of the game. First of all, is just amazing to look at. Like I mean, I really feel like I am I am Spider Man just by looking at it and not having played it. The fights are cool. Even the little details they were showing. There was one sequence where he was fighting uh, prisoners that were released in their cells. He actually kicked one of them into their cell and onto their bed, and he was knocked out on his bed. It was it was a little neat detail that I thought was pretty cool that you kind of appreciate from these developers. And really, just you know, the the whole chase of Electro, the free swinging as things are kind of tumbling down around you. I mean, this is just such a gorgeous free-flowing game that uh, I'm definitely purchasing this game day one here. Uh, it's very interesting how they ended the trailer too where uh, they all gang up and take down Spidey and then there's someone else that they don't show off screen that he recognizes and is shocked to see to kind of indicate there's a betrayal in his life happening right now. But they ended it as that. The game is the, the game looks stunning as well. And that's just kind of my key word here about these games is that stunning is the word to go with. Fortunately for us, uh, it wasn't just these four games that really uh, got the attention here. We did see a brief trailer for a new game called Control uh, that was coming out from the guys at Remedy, the ones who made the last game, uh, Quantum Break, which is very interesting to see at Sony's conference here. You tend to associate Quantum Break with the Microsoft team and the Xbox, and to show up at Sony tells me that they're trying to break out from that mold. We don't know if it's exclusive to them, could be just Sony natched them up and it's one of those third parties they're going to advertise more and get exclusive stuff but I'm excited to see this here I love the guys at Quantum Break and the experimenting they do with their kind of games so we just don't know much about what this control game looks like the big shocker that got a big reaction we knew it was kind of coming for a while from Capcom but 
it finally made its way out and it didn't look that way at first there we, we it just the way they presented it was weird you looking like a rat at first and seeing these two people struggle and then a cop falls down and a zombie is on top of him chews up his neck gets a bullet to the head and there's the sight of leon kennedy in good old rcpd raccoon city uniform and the shock of the audience told the story with everyone finally seeing that we now have the Resident Evil 2 remake coming out very soon. This was one game that I think people really wanted to see the most. I know people hold Resident Evil 2 in high regard as much as they love the reinventiveness of Resident Evil 4. 2 was one game that I think really put the game franchise on the map. And people have wanted to see a remake of that for a long time. And it's finally coming to happen, coming to happen from the Capcom folks. So another 2019 game for sure. I'm excited to see this one as well. It'll be very cool to see what this game looks like, especially after you know getting themselves back on the map with Resident Evil 7. This will be pretty cool to see too. And then from there, we also have Death Stranding, the last of the four Sony first-party reveals. Hideo Kojima, they've been talking about this game for the last couple of years, ever since he broke free from Konami, starting up Kojima Productions. I want to like this game. I mean, visually, it's it's pretty cool to see guys like Norman Reedus, guys like Nils Mikkelsen uh, on here, Guillermo del Toro in, in full motion capture effect. I still just don't know what the hell this is. <laughs> I mean, why do I have a baby strapped to my chest here? What is... Why, why am I carrying all these boxes on my back? There was one point that it looked like a full body was on the backpack of one of these guys uh it tends it, 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 i should emphasize too that they did show some gameplay here even though it was just walking basically walking in a in a plateau in a forest the one thing that definitely seemed pretty creepy and i could maybe set the tone for the game that i thought was interesting was that end sequence where norman Reedus's character has the baby in his chest he turns it on the little machine on the shoulder starts blinking and flashing across and it seems like it's it's doing something to kind of power and look outside the, the world with these invisible monsters very creepy too like black umbilical cord floating monsters in the air and i guess the the purpose of that is to be able to detect them and maneuver around them so you don't get caught which uh, unfortunately at the end of the demo is exactly what happened to him and then it just goes to black so I was hoping to get a lot more from this year, but I mean, again, I mean, this is a Kojima game. Like, we don't... This is him free from the shackles of Konami, not having to do another Metal Gear Solid game. He's he's doing what he wants to do, and it's just... We're at this point now, we're in the third year of seeing what this game's about, and we really don't know what is happening. And I don't... We don't have a sense of the timing of the game, when it's going to come out. It feels like a game that's still will need to come out in 2020 or so, just knowing uh, the kind of perfectionist uh, behavior that Kojima and his team like to have. Uh, if they need the time, sure, do it. But, you know, kind of lead us along here. Let us know what, what we should be seeing and what we should be doing. So there you got that. It was it was fine. It, it still looked visually good, as a lot of these Sony first-party games do, but we don't know what the heck's going on. <laughs> 
So there you have it. Sony, in a nutshell, I think, you know, game presentation-wise, they, they continue to nail it. It's definitely a B-plus A effort from them in, in showcasing these games. I think just for the fact that they seem to not have the right handle on the pacing and really experimenting with having one game in one venue and then moving everybody over killed the flow for us people watching at home. Uh, hopefully that's... Hopefully they can go back to more of a standard press conference formula next time keep everybody there so there's no interruptions will be uh, pretty key for me but I mean, I mean the games themselves you can't doubt how much Sony puts an emphasis on their first party content it's one of the reasons why they have the best selling console on the market there hopefully that doesn't uh, put them in an arrogant route like they had during the PS2 days that really killed them on PS3 uh, the thing is if they are getting to a point soon where PS5 may get announced that uh, they'll carry the momentum of humble hearts and head. That's going to do it for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening in here. We're at the pretty much the tail end of the conferences. We still got Nintendo's show today, which at this time of recording is only going to come up in a couple hours. Hopefully hear some good stuff from them, from Super Smash Brothers, Pokemon, maybe some Metroid Prime 4 talk, and uh, Yoshi maybe too. Uh, there's a lot of uh, potential for uh, Nintendo really knocking it out of the park too as well in, the, in their second year of Switch. So definitely looking forward to that today. You'll hear my thoughts probably either end of today or tomorrow on, on the Anchor app on Video Game Fury podcast all around the world. But until then, folks, uh, this has been a blast. I hope you guys have some thoughts. If you have anything you want to talk about here, about any of the conferences and what's been on the show, you can go to anchor.fm slash videogamefury and listen to the shows there. You can go onto the Anchor app itself, look for my show, Video Game Fury, leave a call in and talk about anything you want, what you liked about the show, what you didn't like, what you didn't agree with me with. Always want to hear anything you guys in the community want to hear about. Otherwise, you can go to Facebook at facebook.com slash videogamefury79 for all the E3 video game goodness if you want to discuss it there in a more written format. Until then, folks, I will see you or talk to you again tomorrow for the next edition of Video Game Fury as E3 rolls on. Until then, folks, this has been Tim, and enjoy your games.